Welcome to the Financial Flossing Podcast with Ross Brannan, guiding dental professionals to a brighter future. Ross Brannan is a financial advisor who knows it's not just about your teeth. He helps dental practice owners protect and maximize today's cash flow to plan for tomorrow's cash needs. Find him at rossbrannan.com. On the show, he brings together experts to help dental professionals looking to make smart money decisions to grow their income, turn their retirement goals into reality, and improve their lives. And now, here's your host, Ross Brannan. Welcome to the show. My guest today is Chris Pistorius. Chris is CEO and founder of Kickstart Dental Marketing, an award-winning firm based in Denver, Colorado. With more than 15 years of experience, he has worked with countless dental professionals on marketing, consulting, and coaching. He shares his expertise by giving marketing seminars across the country and hosting a weekly dental marketing podcast. Chris is trained by Google on how dentists and other businesses can get the most at our marketing efforts. He's also the author of The Ultimate Guide to Internet Marketing for Dentists. Chris Basorius, welcome to the show. Thanks. I appreciate you having me. Sure thing. Well, let's jump right in here. I got lots of questions for you. I, like you, am in the work in the dental market and I work with all the specialties, you know, endo, perio, uh, pediatric, for those who aren't dental nerds like you and I, they may not know what that means, but most people probably are. What types of practices do you focus on and is your target market? Yeah, you know, we work with all kinds of dentists and specialties, but I would say a majority of our clients are general dentists, pediatric, and orthodontist. But we have some endodontists, we have, you know, we have some other specialties as well. Okay, great. So tell us a little bit about what you do. There's a lot of marketing companies out there. And as I told you earlier is, you know, I don't know anything about marketing except that it starts with the letter M, but I have learned that there are different philosophies and methodologies of marketing. Some work better than others. Obviously, what you're doing is working because you have, as you told me before, 80 to 100 clients at a time, right. which is fantastic. So tell us what you do and what differentiates you guys. Well, I think that, you know, there a lot of our competitors are much larger than us. We're really, even with the 80 to 100 clients, Um, are considered a boutique agency. So what that means is that we stay small on purpose. And we do that because I believe and results have shown that when you can really specialize in a niche like dentistry and you can have a team of people that are truly experts in everything that they do and we don't automate things or take shortcuts and everything's kind of done by hand, if you will, we get better results for our clients. And so that's why we always, as, as long as I own the company anyway, we will always be a, considered a boutique agency that drives uh, results for our clients. And I think that's the biggest difference maker between us and our competition. That, that's great. So talk a little bit about, this is something I think it's really cool, is you limit your clients to one client per city or metro area, however you describe it. Talk about that for a second. Yeah, we are exclusive to our clients. So once we do an agreement with somebody in in Dallas or New York, wherever it may be, that will be the only client that we work with while they're working with us. So we believe that if, you know, we take on other clients in the same market who's directly competing, um, that would be a conflict of interest. And we don't want to play that game. We're, like I said, the boutique agency, it's dedicated to the results for that particular client. And I'm guessing the big box marketing companies do not adhere to that philosophy at all. No, they do not. Yes. So marketing is a very broad-based word. It can mean a lot of things to a lot of different people. 
Talk specifically about the services you offer and what you do for clients. That's a great question. I get that one a lot. So it's our jobs to make sure that when somebody in their market is looking for a dentist online, that it is compelling. There's a compelling story in front of them, meaning that they're found, first of all, right? So we have to increase visibility on Google and Facebook and Yelp and Yahoo and all these other places. But we also have to tell a compelling story because it's not good enough just to be found. We also have to make sure that our clients are chosen, right? So there's a big difference. And so that's our specialty, making sure that they're found, making sure that there's a compelling story behind that so that they're chosen so that we get more people to raise their hand and say, yeah, you know what? I do want more information from this dentist. So it's all about visibility and just making sure there's a compelling story and brand behind that. So is that just about getting higher search rankings on Google? Is that about promoting the Facebook page? Is that about building a cleaner, sexier website? Which, by the way, I love your website. It's so different <laughs> and awesome. If you're, if you're listening to this, you need to go check out Kickstart Dental Marketing's <laughs> website. It's fantastic. So is that website build? Is it more Facebook advertising? Is it Google ranking? What is that for you guys? Well, it's interesting because you know most marketing companies and most marketing concepts in dental talk about bringing in new patients, new patients, new patients, new patients. And no question, that's a big part of what we do as well. However, what I see this as is a, a this is going to sound a little corny, but like a new patient journey, right? When somebody moves to Dallas, Texas, for instance, and they're, they're looking for a new dentist, what's that process look like? And I think if you can really understand that for each market, then you can put a marketing plan together that not just attracts new patients, but we can help in other aspects of that journey. Like when they call to get more information, right? What's that process look like and how can we develop marketing concepts to help there, right? And then when they go to make the decision, okay, do they actually want to go to that practice? Is your front desk trained? Because it's a way different conversation or referral calls into a dental practice wanting more information versus somebody that just found you online and doesn't know anything about you. So that front desk staff has to be trained to know how to show the value of that practice, right? So we offer online training for front desk personnel on how to better close these new patient leads that come from the internet. And then there's the last part of the journey where they become a patient. Well, most dentists and almost no marketing companies focus on this, but these are people, this is a pool of people that already know you, like you, and trust you, right? They should be the easiest ones to bring back into the practice and, oh, by the way, also make as patient advocates for you. So they can send referrals to you, right? They can leave you great reviews. They can do video testimonials for you. So we don't want to ignore any part of that journey. And my company is able to actually do marketing in every aspect of the new patient journey. And it's a huge win for our clients. How much is social media involved in what you do? Whether it's, I mean, Facebook is the obvious one, but then there's Twitter and Snapchat and mm -hmm. Instagram and TikTok. And next week there'll be another one. Yeah. How much are those involved? Yeah, you know, this isn't going to be a popular answer, but that's okay. And that social media posting is great for keeping on top of minds with your current patients. And like I said, that's part of that patient journey, right? But it's not going to bring in a ton of brand new patients for you, just posting stuff, right? What we're finding the best results in, in terms of social media is Facebook and Instagram. The others are kind of Okay, right? But what we're finding is paid advertising, good structured campaigns doing paid ads on Facebook and Instagram are driving more new patient leads versus just kind of staying on mind, top of mind with your current patients. So that's interesting. You know, without giving away your secret sauce, 
<laughs> what would be some strategies that a dental practice could use to bring in more patients? Yeah, on social media, you mean? Just in general, in okay, general. Well, here's something that's working really well for us right now. And any dentists out there that are listening or watching should do this. Um, we get one of the services that we provide is to get video testimonials from a doc's patient base, right? So we have a software that will send a link out to somebody and they can just use their phone. And it's all scripted in terms of the doctors asking them questions specifically about their visit. And then they do a response. Then we take those responses, we do a quick, quick video edit, and we turn it into a video testimonial. Extremely powerful, right? But on the social media side of it, we kind of dice up that video and we chop it up into smaller segments and we create video ads on Facebook and Instagram. That is a, a existing patient talking about that particular practice. And those video ads are just, they're doing awesome stuff for us. It's very um, efficient in terms of cost. It's only costing us a, a few dollars for each new patient that's coming in and it's building the practice's reputation all at the same time. Now, when we talk about the marketing stuff you do, are you typically established practices or is it, hey, I just bought out a practice, I'm, start, I'm buying an existing practice, so I'm kind of starting new or I'm starting from scratch? Which, do you do all three? Do you do only one? How, how does that work? Yeah, we do them all. Uh, we do a lot of from scratch practices. We do quite a few existing, you know, buying over an existing practice. And then probably a bulk of what we get are existing practices that have been in business for a number of years. How many of your clients have been through a marketing agency or two or three and not seen great results? They feel like they have to market because that's the pressure in the industry or they want to grow. How many people are coming to you as dissatisfied customers of a previous agency? Quite a few. Um, in fact, just yesterday, we had somebody come over to us from a, a larger company and nothing against them, but you know they were disappointed in the money they were spending and the results they were getting. And so, you know, unfortunately, this industry is a little bit in, you know, anybody that has a laptop and understands a little bit about marketing is all of a sudden a marketing expert, right? And they can tell a good story sometimes and talk is cheap in, in this business. And, and sometimes, unfortunately, dentists get fall into that. And what happens is that, you know, they spend a lot of money and they don't get results, and then they've got to move on, right? And unfortunately, what that causes too, is that a lot of dentists will go through that process and then they won't, they won't trust anybody again. And they kind of do the, the head in the sand marketing strategy is where they do nothing. And that's the worst thing you can do because then you're allowing your competition to, to pass you up. So, so that's, we see quite a bit. That's a great lead into my next question. Do dentists have to market? Is it a situation like, well, you don't have to, but you're leaving money on the table or in today's world, you'll go out of business if you don't. Yeah. You know, it depends on the market. You know, you could be in a, in a little bitty small town and it's you and then one other dentist. And, you know, no matter what you do, you're always going to have a piece of that pie. Right. And, you know, maybe marketing doesn't always make sense in that case. But if you're a practice and you're looking to grow and you're looking to bring in more revenue and you believe that more revenue has a better impact for your life, then yes, you need to market. Because right now we are in a situation where there is more pressure on dentist competition wise than ever. We have more kids coming out of school, just going straight into buying existing practices or buying or starting from scratch. We have way more pressure in many markets from corporate dentistry. And that combined has put more pressure on this industry than ever before. But what dentists need to understand is even these big corporate dentists with, you know, endless pockets of money, you can still compete with those people. 
And we have specific strategies that do that. And we're passionate about that because we do believe in the independent dentist model. So on average, and you know, full disclaimer, you're not making any guarantees here. The average dentist who comes to work with you, what kind of results do they see and over what period of time? Yeah, we actually keep track of that. So we look at it in dollars, right? So on average, and this isn't everybody, some's higher, some's lower, obviously, but for on average, for every dollar they spend with us, they're getting $5 back. So that's about where we are in total return. Now, for instance, when we discuss results with dentists, right, we're a little different in that aspect and that our client success managers meet with them on a Zoom call and they go over not clicks and impressions and, you know, these weird marketing numbers. We keep all of that. But what we actually talk about are actually how many new patients came into the practice that month from our marketing efforts. We spend a lot of money and technology in tracking and making sure that we know exactly what's coming in on a campaign so that we can speak intelligently every month on, okay, you spent $2,000 a month or whatever it was with us this month. This is the the approximate amount of revenue that it returned so that dentists can make better decisions. And quite frankly, selfishly, it helps validate why they're spending money with us, right? Because we can show them exactly, almost exactly what's coming in for them from our campaigns. Now, does your marketing help increase the revenue per patient or is it just bringing more patients in? You know, a lot of the revenue per patient lands on the dentist, right? In, in terms of what they're trying to accomplish, it's also what kind of practice that is and what type of patients are coming in, right? But what we can do, I mean, we work with many offices that are fee-for-service only, no insurance, right? And that's a much smaller pool of people than somebody that takes, you know, any type of insurance. So we can really target these campaigns very well to really only try to target people that will be fee-for-service or people that will, you know, be PPO, whatever it may be. So there is specific targeting, but really that the revenue per patient, you know, a lot of that lands on the dentist themselves. How have you seen things change since you've been in the industry? You know, obviously you mentioned corporate dentistry uh, yeah. previously and, and these these DSOs, private equity are buying up practices like crazy. That trend is going to continue. But, you know, outside of that, what have you seen evolve over the last 15 years in this industry? Yeah, I think what I'm seeing also above everything that you just mentioned, which are, you know, definitely a, a factor, but what we're seeing is is more competition to the specialties. So like orthodontists, you know, endodontists, you know, periodontists, in that it seems like more general dentists are trying to tackle more orthodontic practice or work, if you will. So, you know, back in the day, you know, maybe 75 or 80% of an orthodontist business, I'll just use them for an example, came from referrals from general dentists. Well, that number has slipped to 50% or less because there's more general dentists doing orthodontic type work like Invisalign and, you know, clear whatever. And so that's, that's a problem for an orthodontist. So what we're finding is that they're getting more business now orthodontists from people that are looking at an orthodontist directly versus going through a general dentist to get to them. So I think above and beyond what you said is also the, the pressure from general dentists as well for the specialties. Yeah, my kid's dentist does ortho as well. Right. And so it makes it a lot easier. Just right. one stop shop. And right. uh, have you seen a lot of generals also getting more, you know, obviously cleaning in cavities is very low margin business. Mm -hmm. Are you seeing them get into more, uh, more complex procedures because they're, they're higher revenue generators and things like that? For sure. I've seen over the last 10 years, more dentists do implants 
now, yeah. general dentists. And that's because that's one of the biggest profit margins for a dentist is a dental implant. Also, sleep apnea is starting to really yeah. creep into this industry. Seen that, that a lot too, yeah. Yeah, I mean, a dentist doesn't have to do a lot of work. You know, they see they see the patient base and, you know, they kind of send it off to another company and they're they're typically paid pretty well for that. So we're seeing that. I'm starting even to start to see some elective stuff, you know, coming in other than cosmetic work, like Botox, for instance. Yep. You know, we're starting to see some some dentistry spas, if you will, get into that as well. So general dentists are, are getting aggressive in terms of creating more profit silos, if you will, more profit channels, ways for that they can increase their revenue. So if somebody hires you, how long is the commitment or how long is the relationship? I mean, is it one year, five year, two year? How does it work for you? Yeah, well, everything we do is month to month. So there's no commitment from them other than, you know, the month to month commitment. And the reason we do that is we believe that that's our skin in the game, if you will. I mean, you know, other marketing companies will say, we want to be your partner. And, you know, I hear that all the time from people trying to sell stuff to me. And, that's just fluff. I mean, nobody really wants to be my partner, right? So we don't say that, but we do everything that we can to arrange our company so that we do well when they do well, right? So it's month to month. And if they're not getting the results that they want, then they're not going to continue to employ us, right? So we have to work our butts off. Also on my end of it, my employees get a base salary, certainly, but a lot of their their bonus, if you will, comes from how well our clients do and our client retention. So there's skin in the game for them as well. And what I found is that when you do that, you've got everybody working towards one common goal, which is getting results for the client. And if you're truly doing that, the money and the retention and all of that stuff will, will, will just come along with it. How long does it take to see results? Two, three, four months? Well, we try to put it in strategies that are both long-term and shorter term, right? So like something like SEO, for instance, search engine optimization, that takes some time. That's going to take us three to four months to start seeing some results in that. Depending on the market, it could also be longer than that. But paid advertising strategies, like I talked about a little earlier on like Facebook and Google, you can do paid ad campaigns there. And we can have those up and running in a matter of a couple of weeks. And we can start seeing new patient generation coming in from that very quickly while we're waiting for the SEO strategies to kick in. So what we try to say is, you know, give us 30 days to build everything out and then give us one to two months and you should start to see some really good positive turn in terms of new patient flow. Cool. So what would you say some of the biggest mistakes that you see practice owners make? In terms of marketing, doing nothing, I think is the scariest thing because almost every market now that we find it's competitive in terms of um, other practices. And I think that, you know, 10, 15 years ago, it used to be you put it on the yellow pages, you do some direct mail and you're kind of done and it worked. Well, now there's 500 different places where you could spend your money as a dentist online, right? Mm -hmm. And I think what happens is that sometimes dentists look at this and they're like, you know what? I just want to be a dentist. I don't, I don't know about this marketing stuff. I don't know where to spend my money. And they do nothing and they kind of put their head in the sand. And then, you know, over the years, all of a sudden you went from 50 new patients a month to 10 and you're wondering what happened. And that's typically what we see. And then that's when they do call us. And then it takes a little bit longer to overcome some of that. So, you know, I think it's like preventative health, <laughs> honestly, you know, stay on top of it, do some marketing. You don't have to break the bank to do marketing to stay relevant in your market, but just don't do nothing if you're a practice that wants to grow and be aggressive. Right. Uh, that makes a lot of sense. So as we wrap up here, is there anything we haven't covered that you think is important to mention? I could talk for hours on this stuff. So <laughs> 
I think, you know, the last thing that I'll talk about is just the, you know, the overall importance of, you know, working with a company that you can feel comfortable with. Hiring a marketing company is a big decision. You're going to spend some money through them. And I think it's more than what people promise you. I think you also have to look at the culture of the company that you're working with and you have to feel like it's a good fit, right? So, you know, we feel as though that we've got a really family type atmosphere. Whenever somebody calls into our company that's a current client, everybody here knows who they are, what's going on with their campaign, you know, just kind of a, a family family type atmosphere. And, you know, I think that that gets the best results. So I would urge anybody, any dentist out there that's looking for a dental marketing boost, if you will, just make sure you're asking the right questions and make sure that, you know, you're comfortable with somebody that you think you can work with for quite a while. That's great advice. Um, so I'm a big reader. I don't know if you are or not, but I'm going to ask you anyway, what are you currently reading or what's the best book that you've read recently? Mm, you know, it's a reread for me. It's uh, E-Myth Revisited. I don't Ooh, know if you, yeah. Michael it's, Gerber. It's a third time I've read it. And the reason being is because I think that you can apply that to just about anything and not to spoil it, but that book talks about how to build a business like a franchise. Not that you're ever going to be a franchise as a dentist, but you, it talks about processes, procedures. It talks about how to hire people in terms of, you know, you don't have to hire a Harvard graduate to come run your front desk. If you have the right processes and procedures in place, you can hire just about anybody and, the, and your processes and procedures will teach them how to do the job. And I think a lot of that applies to dentistry and it's one of my favorites really. I've actually seen having right processes and procedures helps your company valuation from a practice standpoint increase, sure. which is huge. So last question, what advice would you give to a new dental school graduate? <laughs> well, that's a good one. I think that in my opinion, dental school does a very good job, most of them, hopefully in, in teaching dentists to be dentists and how to do the technical work of being a dentist, right? But I've heard more and more that dental school doesn't do a good job of teaching them how to run a business, right? And this, it's kind of goes, it's a great segue because E-Myth talks about that, why most small businesses fail. And it's because you're usually good at something, right? You're good at making pies. So you think, okay, I'm going to start my own pie making business. Well, guess what? You are good at making pies, but you're not good at hiring maybe, or you're not good at marketing, or you're not good at doing accounting, right? And so you can make the best pies in the world, but if you don't have those other things kind of a, a, in, a line, in alignment, then your business isn't going to be successful. So what I would say to new dentists is make sure you're understanding and learning about the business side of things as well, because you'll come out of school so far ahead if you can do that, that um, you can really, really make a big difference. There's a lot of truth right there. You know, uh, I've met a lot of dentists who they don't like dealing with staff just because they were never taught how to deal with that. And so the business stuff is really important, just like in my end, the finance stuff is really important. So that's really good wisdom right there. So Chris, it has been fascinating to talk to you today. I, I really appreciate you coming on. You have been listening to the Financial Flossing Podcast with Ross Brannan. This has been another episode of Financial Flossing with Ross Brannan, guiding dental professionals to a brighter future. If you liked what you heard, consider subscribing wherever you listen to podcasts. For more on Ross Brannan, visit rossbrannan.com. Registered Representative and Financial Advisor of Park Avenue Securities, LLC, PAS, OSJ, 3664 Coolidge Court, Tallahassee, Florida, 32311. 
850-562-9075. Securities products and advisory services offered through PAS, member FINRA SIPC. Financial representative of the Guardian Life Insurance Company of America, Guardian, New York, New York. PAS is a wholly owned subsidiary of Guardian. North Florida Financial is not an affiliate or subsidiary of PAS or Guardian. California Insurance License Number 0L10073. Arkansas Insurance License Number 16139032. 2021-1195-35. Expires 423. That last part can also say 2021 119535. Expiration, April 2023. This podcast is for informational purposes only. Guest speakers and their firms are not affiliated with or endorsed by PAS, Guardian, or North Florida Financial, and opinions stated are their own. Ross is a registered representative and financial advisor of Park Avenue Securities, LLC, PAS. OSJ 3664 Coolidge Court, Tallahassee, Florida 32311, 850-562-9075. Securities products and advisory services offered through PAS, member FINRA SIPC. Financial representative of the Guardian Life Insurance Company of America, Guardian, New York, New York. PAS is a wholly owned subsidiary of Guardian. North Florida Financial is not an affiliate or subsidiary of PAS or Guardian. Arkansas Insurance License Number 16139032. California Insurance License Number 0L10073. 2021-122-376. Expiration June 2023. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.